This is Barry Sonnenfeld, the author of Barry Sonnenfeld, Call Your Mother, as well as a cinematographer, producer, director, and you're listening to Film Wax Radio with Adam Shartoff. Hi, everybody. This is Adam Shartoff, host of Film Wax Radio. You know, for the last four years, I've been playing the Bob Dylan song, Everything is Broken, the end of each episode um, I play out with that song and that's been my state of mind for the last four years that everything has been broken so I vow to myself and I don't think I've ever brought this up on the podcast before but I vow to myself that I would play that song while that White House was uh, being occupied by uh, Trump and it looks like some point very soon I can stop playing that song so hopefully we can start fixing all these broken things i don't know right now it seems a bit overwhelming there's so much that is broken and uh so many people's hearts that have been broken um the number of losses in the country and i don't know i'm looking forward to the healing i guess uh i I'm, i'm sort of not sure about the reconciliation part yet some friend of mine was uh, posting about how, you know, he hopes we can find a reconciliation. And in my heart, I don't feel that I want a reconciliation right now. I don't feel it. I feel like, you know, an abused spouse. And, um, you know, I just don't feel like any motivation to reconcile, especially while this is actually continuing and probably will continue for the next few months on a certain level. And then even after January uh, 20th, it'll continue, I believe. So it ain't coming from me, but maybe we can feel good about what's going on right now in the country. I don't know. This is a film wax radio though. This is a film podcast. It's a, we talk to artists, many of whom are, and have been really struggling for, the past bunch of years, I mean, probably longer than that, but uh, this country doesn't really prioritize its artists. And in the last few years, it's been particularly bad just on an economic level for so many people. So what I try to do here and what I've been trying to do through this podcast and now the YouTube channel is to, I don't know, bring to light what folks are doing and what they're thinking about. So if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, please do subscribe and tell your friends who love the arts. But go to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash filmwaxradio, and check out what we're doing there. I've been bringing on a lot of different filmmakers and the same people that occupy, um, same people that are on this podcast, actually. May as well use the technology and, and optimize it. That's been my thinking. So anyway, I'm going to talk now about the show, but I did want to talk about that that song and why I play it every time. It wasn't arbitrary. I mean, it's a great song anyhow, but I'm going to put it to rest soon. 
So a few more episodes with it. Well, maybe more than a few, but a bunch more. And then we're going to retire it today. Episode number 642 here on Friday, November 6th, 2020. And um, this is actually interesting because the first segment here is with these two guys, Michael Angelo Cavino and Kyle Marvin. But we were in this conference room doing this podcast. Yeah, it was recorded in a hotel conference room on March 11th this year. And it was the day or two where if you hadn't taken the brand new pandemic seriously yet, we you were just about to. I mean, it was all happening that day and the day before, maybe the day after. But this was in that period, that, those few days, March 11th. And we, you know, didn't know really what to make of it still. But probably by the, I would say the 13th, we, we did. And the quarantining would begin. So this is an interesting conversation. So the, the, the movie, The Climb, which is the film that Mark directed and which Kyle was acting in, and which also stars my friend Talia Balsam, who was on the show not too long ago. Anyway, this movie was supposed to come out in, I think, in later in March, maybe April. But, of course, that didn't end up happening. They ended up uh, postponing it indefinitely. And now, finally, the day is coming where the film is being released, called The Climb. And it is opening on a, a week from today in select theaters. So the conversation is very preoccupied with the uh, with COVID-19, which we were still calling, I think, coronavirus, and we hadn't really gotten to calling it COVID-19 yet. And it's interesting to listen to, since this was literally on the cusp of this, what's now become this um, incredibly dramatic time. So uh, I want to tell you that, that that's the case. So when you're listening to this, think about it, because uh, we there was the there was like the before COVID and there was since COVID, right? So this is right before things hit the fan. Anyway, the, let me just uh, mention, since you're about to listen to this segment, Sony Pictures Classics will be releasing The Climb in select theaters nationwide on November 13th. It'll open in New York at the Malvern Cinema 5 and at the Reading Manville 12 in New Jersey, as well as in Boston, Buffalo, Charlotte, Chicago, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Dallas, Des Moines, Detroit, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Hawaii, Tennessee, Minneapolis. Some of these are cities and some of these are states. I don't know. New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, St. Louis, Washington, D.C. Uh, and in Riverside, San Diego, Costa Mesa, Murrieta, Camarillo, California. Film's cast includes Gail Rankin, Judith Godresh, George Wendt, and Talia Balsam. Kyle and Mike are best friends who share a close bond until Mike sleeps with Kyle's fiance. The climb is about a tumultuous but enduring relationship between two men across many years of laughter, heartbreak, and rage. It also is the story of, of real-life best friends who turn their profound connection into a rich, humane, and frequently uproarious film about the boundaries, or lack thereof, and all close friendships. After this, we'll be talking to Greta Hagen-Richardson, who uh, is a programmer at the New Orleans Film Festival. But first, here is Michael Angelo Covino and Kyle Marvin on FilmWax Radio. Mike, I'm getting married. How awesome is that? Awesome. She loves me for who I am. And, and I love her for who she is. <laughs> 
I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. Kyle, I slept with her. What? What do you mean, slept? Kyle hates me. He should hate you. I know. I'm a bad friend. Oh, my God. Mike, are you serious? What you did to him was selfish. Kyle's selfless. He always thinks about other people first. I invited Mike for Christmas. What? He is not doing well. We were his only family. Now he has no one. Mike's in the living room. He got fat, right? Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Is that Mike? Yeah, fat. Oh, I, you know what I want to talk to you guys about, uh, which I remember reading in, your, in the notes here, which I thought was fascinating. Maybe we can make that a big part of this conversation in a way, is is the connection to the French New Wave. I know it was a big impact on you creatively, mm. inspirationally, and um, the film, you could see it. Like, you know, one thing that, that occurs to me after knowing that about your, that your feelings about that type of film is that in France, of course, in the history of French cinema, affairs, uh, it's kind of, uh, you know, not unusual. Uh, it's sort of not taken quite so, uh, you know, I mentioned the ego earlier. It's not, it's not quite taken on that level so much. It's like, uh, unless you can't be betrayed uh, or there isn't feelings of betrayal and, and hurt and yeah. all those things around having affairs. But it's not on the level here in the States that we, we look at it as the ultimate betrayal, right? Well, yeah, well, what's funny is in real life, it is taken very seriously in French films. <laughs> so, so in French films, is it? Yeah, like I think, I think French films are a misrepresentation. About, <laughs> trust me, like if 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 you've ever, you know, uh, like if, if you've ever dated someone or been or, or married someone or like you know been in a relationship with someone French and wronged them in this way, yes, I assure you they take it very seriously and, and hold on to it so for many many years. <laughs> So it's a myth. Oh, I don't know if it's a myth. I, th- I think it's hard to categorize an entire or culture or generalize well, an entire culture of people. Sure. But that's sort of the, the the theme of this podcast. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> broad, broad generalization. Is that the broad name generalization. Broad generalization. With your host. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want it to be. All right. Well, let's keep it within the context of the of cinema then, which sure. is uh, maybe as usual. It kind of does exaggerate uh, or maybe mm. <laughs> you know the the writers and filmmakers who who kind of use that idea maybe it was just wishful yeah. thinking i don't know but but it seems as though french audiences may just not have as big a problem with that that entering into a friend it doesn't have to be something that destroys a friendship well that that's oh, something we really wanted to talk about because this is our, uh, our, Kyle. This is me. I'm the one who sounds like a Muppet. If you ever, if you ever listening to this uh, podcast, the Muppet is Kyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's not me. Um, I think for us, we really wanted to explore friendship and and the friendships that we have in our our lives, where there are transgressions, and we do have to somehow come to grips with what does that mean for ourselves. And that I think was really important. Was like, hey, friends that we have. Can I swear? Yes, I fuck up and 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 do mm-hmm. things that are reprehensible, and somehow we have to get through that. Right, and I and I think that's definitely something we wanted to explore. Affairs being one of the many things that friends do to each other that are damaging. Yeah, I, th- I think to your point, what what you're mm-hmm. talking about with French cinema dealing with these themes, uh, just in in a in a more nuanced way, or or you know, dealing with these themes and letting it sort of be okay or, or less important. I think more what, you know, 
the French cinema we're talking about here uh, handles, how it handles it and what it does is it doesn't use it as a tool to villainize the characters and, and, and in the story. So that's true. In, in American cinema, we often see uh, we need people to be okay with the journey that this character is about to go on. Let's make the wife cheat or the husband cheat. If they cheat, then it's the okay that this person goes on this other love story over here or, yeah. or goes down this road over here. And it's like this very black and white tool that that is used uh, because because it, it, as a generalization, most people can just wrap their head around, that's wrong, it's, it's black and white, you're done with this person, move on. Whereas... Uh, in French cinema, the, 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 uh, you know Claude Sauté and, and, and Godard and Truffaut and, and Eric Romare, like mm-hmm. these these filmmakers explored mm-hmm. the nuance within that and said this does happen in everyday life and it's always messy and we're gonna we're gonna you know like mm-hmm. Le Mépris is Le is like one of the greatest films of all time and the the subject matter is so very simple mm-hmm. and and yet there's so much nuance you know mm-hmm. underneath the, the, the surface yeah. Uh, also, when I mentioned these things, I mean, I, I was kind of being superficial. I mean, the, the usually in the marriages where, in the mariage, where, where their people are sleeping with others potentially or occasionally having, you know, it's an understanding usually, not all, you know, like, you know, this is, it's okay. As long as you don't get emotionally involved, you know, then it's okay to have affairs and maybe it helps the marriage, you know. It's not a betrayal. Like there is on a very uh, certainly on a surface level, if not even deeper, Mike is does betray uh, Kyle. Uh, he lies. No you know, he's doing totally. this thing, and and so it's it's not quite as uh, it's not usually uh, if he knew about it ahead of time. <laughs> um, but um, I, it's not giving away because this, uh, by the way, is not a spoiler per se because it does happen the in the movie. F- yeah, yeah, it's the concept, and also it takes place in the first minutes, right? Yes, uh, I think it's or, in the commercial. Yeah, well, you, this is you're biking, right? You're biking, and it you you drop this information yeah. while yeah, it happens in minute three, yeah. maybe four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, were you going for laughs by the shock of that type of thing, or? I mean, it's okay to see. Yeah, it's yeah, no, yeah, it's it was a, a it's a comedy. So yeah. if we didn't get laughs there, <laughs> I suppose we probably wouldn't be talking right now. But do you but, but, were you concerned about the the tone was so important, right? Because you're the likability factor. First of all, the characters uh, are people going to reject Mike for being uh, cuckolding yeah. his friend, etc. And uh, and then are you a, just a weak um, Kyle? Are you like a weak person? Uh, how strong? Yeah. And 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 is this? Uh, do you really want there to be a kind of like a uh what do you call after you laugh at something that that sort of pang afterwards yeah, yeah. of regret of laughing at something very painful you know you you have to find the right for us for us to, that was the line we were always walking was sure. and i think what we prioritized was always character first and the authenticity of the character journey and whether or not it felt real yeah. and 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 whether or not you were with these people in this moment and the and the comedy Mm-hmm. You know, was on sitting on top of that, and it was always something we talked about in terms of: Are we going too far? Is the is this too much? You know, is the is a is a pratfall here too much? Mm-hmm. And is it going to alienate people, or is his behavior or my behavior going to alienate people? It was something we constantly talked about. Yeah, I think by, by the nature of the subject matter we were dealing with, we mm-hmm. were setting ourselves up for some really great comedic moments because. Uh, in in the tension of and, and the discomfort that's created in some of these situations, yeah. There's a release that sort of almost wants to be had, 
Yes. And if right. you give the audience that, I think th- they'll oftentimes laugh. Like that's why you see uncomfortable laughter happen in theaters when there isn't even a joke sometimes in movies. You know, it's 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 that nature of uh, I. I'm too tense. I'm too uncomfortable. I have to laugh to like almost relieve that tension. So they actually work hand in hand mm-hmm. and work really well together. I think, and that was what was exciting to us was this tone of finding bittersweet, you know, comedy in the sadness. Um, and you know, like Kyle said, we it, it was really just about not necessarily worrying about the likability of the characters, but wor- okay. worrying about the. Yeah. Un- you have to go ahead. Finish your thought. Uh, you, some 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 do, and I think you know. I think that comes up, and that's that's a thing that I think you know when when you are a screenwriter for a while, you, it yes. kind of gets pro- programmed into you or noted into you, and we yeah. sort of ignore that entirely if we can. Yeah, not because it doesn't matter, but that isn't the actual thing. When someone says like the character is not likable uh, enough. I don't think that's what they actually mean because mm-hmm. there's very unlikable characters in many movies. It's a question of if I understand the character fully. And so like if the character's on one dimension and it's, it's one dimensional and it's doing, it's doing the same note over and over twirling and, mustache, you, yeah. and you add another layer to it. It might not be a layer that makes you like the character more, but it might be a layer that makes you more intrigued by the character and more interested in the character. Absolutely. Also, to like a character doesn't mean they're likable. Right. Totally. That was smart. Now, come on. That's pretty good. That was good. I I even surprised myself. Putting that in my quote book. (laughs) To like a character doesn't mean it's likable. You heard it here first from Mike Camino. That's a quote by Mike. Some of the great characters, (laughs) let's face it, are then, if not villains, complicated guys. Totally. Tony Soprano, whoever you're, whoever it is. Yeah, totally. Dexter. I mean, he's pretty likable though. Yeah, but why? Not because he's, Cause he's murdered. Because he's uh, funny. Because he's, he's a uh, psychopath. Because uh. he's because he is contradictory. Because we we love characters that like uh. contradict themselves and right. and are flawed in ways that we can understand. Yeah. So like, I, and what I think do they the, do to you, the viewer, and make you think about uh, yourself? I wonder. Yeah, know, I mean, I think the great the, the, think? the beauty of cinema is it makes you empathize. It makes you it makes you understand other points of view that aren't necessarily ones that you have to mm-hmm. sustain, but can for a short amount of time understand another person's perspective. And that I think is the power of cinema. The uh, name of the film is called The Climb. It's directed by Michael Angelo Cavino, who has a background in producing. Uh, I'm repeating this because I think I lost some of this, and I'm not sure where. And uh, you produced uh, Hunter Gatherer. What was that? 2016 South by. Uh, 2016 South by. That was great. I love that. And uh, immediately went up to Andre Royo afterwards in the lobby of the uh, yeah. convention center. That's where it was, right? Remember, it was yeah. at the convention center, right? Yeah, was it was there? at that that theater that they built from scratch in the convention right. center. Yeah, the Vimeo. I think they used to call the Vimeo, it Vimeo theater. Yeah, that's right. Now they call it. It's empty. Yeah. Now I'm they really call it an empty off. convention. And that's center. no joke. I mean, uh, I, as we record this, uh, we're. South by would be starting like tomorrow or something, and it's yeah, we were uh, supposed to be there. Yeah, I'm sorry, we we're, were playing at South by Sunday night. Speak, what do you mean? Explain, I mean, we our, our movie our was movie. supposed to play at South by at Sunday night. This one, this yeah. movie was well, playing. What South other by. one would there be? I'm just trying to. Oh, catch we made up, another so. one actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's already got distribution, and, and while we're mentioning it, it, it opens on uh Friday, uh, March uh, 20th, 20th, I, I know. And <laughs> then rolling out. So you were, get, but you had a special screening. Is that what it was? Because you, where did well, you premiere the film? Oh, it was just can, on. We premiered sh- the film at Cannes. Uh, that's the one in France. The, the right. one in, the, yeah, in it's close. It's to and you where you shot some of the film. 
Yeah, we shot we shot like thirty minutes from from where we premiered. <laughs> That's amazing. Really, can. Well, yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. Let's hope they don't cancel Can. Although, I don't think they'll cancel the Can. French no? The French, like the French are very. Um, right. I mean, it, it didn't seem like South by canceled it. It seemed like the city of Austin canceled it's it. It's very true. And I didn't, so I'm I, saying I didn't I think blame South. At this by. point, the film festival owns the city of Can or runs the city of Can. Mm-hmm. I would imagine. Well, it's the well, <laughs> yeah. But think about what percentage of the economy. If you talk about the way the ripple effect. Yeah. That that two weeks in. Uh, you know, March, well, how that, Austin, how that affects Austin, the Austin insane. economy. Yeah, Austin is so. devastating for that community. And, yeah. for, and honestly, yeah, it, for everyone, everyone involved does not does not win on this. The filmmakers oh, don't get to premiere their it's film. It's a huge So many deal. levels to... Yeah. Uh, Whoever Airbnb'd their house out, but, you know. Uh, just go on and on. Yeah, yeah. Every, it affects every individual. It's crazy. Every individual, yeah. practically. Yeah. Yeah, we're lucky in that, like, you know, it was just a really exciting opportunity to play the film in Austin to this great audience and yeah. right. go back to this festival that we love. But, right. So, wait, you so you, you, was this booked? So, was uh, the, uh, the climb booked there, like, a while ago? Um, and then, um, yeah, or, or I programmed, think, actually, is yeah. the word. I think uh, we talked to um, Janet, uh-huh. the head of. South yes. by, I think saw it at Telluride. Oh, okay. So we we played at Telluride, and then I think she saw it there, mm-hmm. and then it was just more. Uh, we didn't. She didn't book us then because there's a long time. But I think um, the idea was like if it worked out with the release schedule of the movie, and so we sort of decided. To, I think Sony decided to release you know five days after our South by okay. premiere. So it oh. was the idea that it would be like the last. I see. The That's last. That's wonderful. Um, Hypothetically. Yeah. It's, it turns out. I'm sorry about that. You're screening then. Yeah. Just torn up. I've already said, I reached out, I put this on social media. I said, any, any filmmaker, I don't care if I've seen your film or not, or I obviously haven't, but if you've got a short featured documentary experiment, I don't care. You're welcome on my podcast. I mean, cool. I, what, awesome. I don't know what it's, that matters in the pill of beans, uh, but, but it's a gesture, you know, yeah. so I'm not even going to actually do it. But it's a gesture, and uh, no, they, it's, I'm saying it. It's out there. If you have a film and you want to come on it, you, you're automatically default. You can be a guest on this podcast. I'll make it work. The, yes, the opening sequence of the climb, which again is uh, is refers to potential. You know, obviously the climb is is uh, is trying to bike up. Where is the Pyrenees, or is that the other part of France? Where, where is what's it's in the south of France? It's the Alps. It's, it's, it's the Alps. 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 So the. You know, it's the going up a mountain, of course, on your bike is a, is the climb, but it's also refers to life and, and uh, that slog is, and uh, trying to squeak by, uh, you know, so you can get to the peak of the of life and uh, without killing any uh, yourself or, or anybody else, you know, emotionally, what have you. And yeah, so anyway, I did want to just say uh, it, it is a potential thing as we speak right now. Where I just got an alert, not to be hysterical or anything, but I mean, it, when the, somebody says the, it's a New York Times thing, like seventy percent of Germany is expected to be ex- affected by this virus. Uh, that's terrifying kind of news, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I think we we try to we try to take all news. I <laughs> I try to take all news with a bit of a grain of salt in Truly. terms of the yeah. effects of it. I think there's yeah. a lot of this stuff that's terrifying, but there's also a lot we don't understand. Yeah. And I think without a proper balance of understanding of what is that what does that number represent, I think there can be very sort of like terrifying and, and hysterically inducing well, yeah. information which sure, is sure, short sure. Of, yeah. of their knowledge. But and yes, it there, absolutely is that is. is that helpful to put out that news information? I don't know. I'm just 
wondering. Yeah. Also, a bit with being affected, does that mean like your friend right. has it, and right. then you're affected by the? Emotional? That's what I'm saying. The generalities right. of of some of those right. statements are, are sometimes uh, are shareable on Twitter, but maybe not beneficial for our understanding of the world. It's more beneficial to continue to create hysteria than it, in some ways than it yeah, is to so. keep people well informed of the yeah. actual the actualities of the circumstance. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like I read, I read a New York Times, a New York, uh, LA Times, sorry, an mm-hmm. LA Times article about yeah. the coronavirus that actually put things in perspective for me because I was yes. very freaked out, and then I was like, oh, okay, yeah. this this makes a bit more sense in terms of you know it's at, it's yes, it, it was like it was like contextualizing it yes. and not saying that it's not a very serious thing or it's not an epidemic, but it just put it in like proper context as opposed to. The sensationalized context. Yeah, uh, and I, it's interesting because I, I, my ex-wife, who's in Los Angeles, working there, she 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 uh, re- called me last night about, and we have a son, you know, who's living with me, so it's a lot of concern. And um, yeah, but she was like, the information they're getting there seems to be more sober. Now, New York is pretty, pretty good in that way. Yeah. Typically, I mean, we yeah. are we have a good government, good, and I, I'm not talking specifically about this governor versus another governor, but the health organizations and all the, the, the you know it's it's much better than the federal that's for sure mm. uh anyway so anyhow um so it was interesting to get the information there it seemed like it was very very practical and sober and you know yeah that's where we need to be at yeah. um you know so don't well i think you know you can uh, on the 20th of march the climb is a comedy with a certainly dramatic over <laughs> is a drama as well it depends what you <laughs> How you if want you to like comedies, comedy with dramatic over, uh, overtones. If you like comedies, it's it a comedy. Like so if you like dramas, cliche. it's a drama. It's life, right? <laughs> Which has both. That's Especially, exactly right. You know, the, when you're in the most heightened moments of life and some something really huge happens, like your best friend, you know, divulges that he's uh, slept with your fiancé. Uh, you know, it's some people are going to laugh at that, <laughs> the shock of it. it how, how, but it makes you. It's because it also does make you uncomfortable. This idea. It's our fear of being humiliated and of being uh, betrayed and all these things. Uh, you know, it's it's a relief when you're watching it happen to somebody on the screen or you hear about it. Mm-hmm. It's happening to somebody else. But what, what? It's the biggest. You know, we're talking about terrifying information or news and th- that delivery of that information should have just uh, decimated Kyle's, right? I mean, Kyle. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think it so does. it's not fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 For sure I, it does. I, I think it decimates him in a real way. It's just a question of uh-huh. this is a, mm-hmm. a, a film that takes place over, you know, a decade or so. And, yeah. and, and it has to continue on and life has to continue on. And, and then really, really what we were exploring is w- what happens when two people do have this sort of bond that they that they don't intend to let go of or they don't want to let go of and maybe that's where the love story comes in and that's where the love story comes in i think it's you know it's it's about those friendships that we hold that maybe we formed at a at a period of time in our life where we were figuring out who we are and so you know one could let go of that friend but to let go of that friend is to let go of you want you know yourself as a child and to to let go of who, uh, who you are because they're the only ones who know you from the age eight to 12 maybe yeah i mean the ultimate again we were given messages sleeping with your friends partner whomever is the ultimate uh betrayal however that's just somebody made said that you know we we're, this is something right. we're convinced of isn't the transgression might be the betrayal itself or that the, the p- 
the the it's the motivation for the betrayal, yeah. and uh, it could have been manifested in some other way. So if you can get over the, again the ego part of it, I know again I'm repeating some of the things I said earlier, but I just want to make sure we get all the yeah. major points of the film and bring people into the theaters. Uh, yeah, I think uh, like, you know that, like we were discussing that like, yeah. transgressions occur in friendships and in, in yes, all in right. all iteration in many iterations and many scales, right. and I think this explores our reaction and way we process any of those. This one just happens to be one of the ones we consider to be a big one. Society considers it, to be a big one. It's certainly true. It's certainly true. So it, uh, Sony pictures, classics. When did that come, come into place? By the way, you, uh, you, it sounded almost, I, you know, this had a, I don't want to say a, this, uh, almost, um, uh, like honeymoon of a, of a, you, you know. can call it a honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, 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 okay, again, this was the, the feature, the climb again, which opens up on March 20th, uh, 20th theatrically, was started as a short film called The Climb. Was Talia, Talia was not in that, I assume. No, it was no. just, the short film was just the just two the of Just the two of you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very good. I haven't, obviously haven't seen it. But, um, and it, it premiered at Sundance, right? right? In what year, 2018 or so? Yep. Okay. Exactly. And so what did you can? I mean, and Sony, obviously, if you're a can, you're likely to get a nice distribution deal. That's a almost a given. Not it's always. A, well, sadly, it's not an almost given it in today's day and age. But, but okay. it, it, well, certainly it, for America. We got very lucky. Yeah. All yeah, my yeah. films certainly got picked up there yeah. by major distributors. <laughs> Sorry. So, uh, so, so did, but that did happen at Cannes? Yeah, yeah, we sold the film at Cannes to, to Sony, nice. and okay. um, it was one of those. It's so nice when there's the dream scenarios, yeah. you know, that happens yeah. kind of you must on, just... on the spot. Um, yeah, the whole thing was, you know, quite a surprise. I don't think when you make an American comedy and you're a first time yeah. filmmaker and you star in it you, that we had. It's an adult, like it's and, and by comedy, this is like an adult comedy it's not yeah. it's not uh you know yeah uh the the overnight or the the not the overnight the you know but uh, uh sure what is it uh, the you know some broad sure, sure, comedy sure. where yeah we're not gonna somebody's on we're the not route. gonna shit on any other <laughs> no no <laughs> but I, I and think, the overnight is a really good one actually yeah. I, I, I just uh, um but we i think you know we had an inclination that maybe a french audience might appreciate the film because we were dealing with themes you know from from french cinema we were yeah. and we were right. pulling from these sort of deep tracks of of french music that we loved but never actually knowing if it would if if that would be true and um we were quite surprised when we got into can it was like a shocking <laughs> shocking surprise <laughs> how, how, how you know quickly. they pulled the dvd from a pile we just submitted we we you know we put two blu-rays in a mail really yeah yeah and just sent it and then and to an address somewhere yeah. in Paris, and then we're just they like, all right, we'll email. just wait. Yeah. And then, and then an email came An through. email came, and uh, and it said, congratulations. And it said, you've been shortlisted. Oh. And then I, I was like, what does what? that even mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I've never been shortlisted <laughs> for anything. I mean. uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then, and then uh, we got a sense that... Uh, a couple of like sales companies reached out to us, like foreign sales that's companies. Based on they uh, they, get they, they, got, they have the inside scoop, so the, that's they, when we sort of knew, like, oh, we're probably going to get in. people. Yeah, we're winding it up. There, uh, yeah, we we have to finish soon because the guys from the air conditioner are going to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they have to come that's in. Not, that's no uh, <laughs> criticism. Trust me, we had a really nice time. 
It's just I had a technical problem at the very beginning, so that's why we're taking as long as. Yeah. This this has been a cl- bit of a climb, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, a pleasant, a, a wonderful, sunny, climb. beautiful day. That's great. That's we're great going and cool. we're we're climbing. We're yeah. going down. We're climbing back up. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Machine goes down. You climb back up. You <laughs> said the same thing three times. No. <laughs> well, uh, it's terrific. It's called the climb, and uh, March twentieth, it opens in New York. And uh, how many theaters, Jessica? You, how many uh, like or cities is a better question. Uh, so we we got. Yeah. Okay. New York and LA on March twentieth, okay. and then and it then expands nationwide the following week. Nationwide yeah. into yeah. thousands of cinemas. Yeah, uh-huh. they've they've promised us at least twenty five hundred. Uh, that is theaters. thousands. Yeah, I thousands. was kidding, but that that's a, so you heard it here first, Sony Pictures Classic. <laughs> twenty five hundred screens is minimum. It's really yeah. really <laughs> such a uh, an, a rare thing for like a you know a, I'm, I'm, an adult I'm kidding. Uh, film. I'm kidding. It's oh. not that many screens. Okay. That was a joke. We wish. That's He's trying to pressure eleven on the air. I was, I was like trying to go on the record, pressuring them to do. He, he, he's a big believer in manifest destiny. So if he <laughs> says it into a podcast, it normally oh, happens. We'll yeah. just say twenty. The other day, he's like, "I really want a bagel," and it and it just appeared. So he's like, "Oh, I should step the game up." Let's just put it this way. Let's phrase it this way. Twenty five hundred theaters were rounding up. Okay. Listen, James Bond. Okay, just disappeared. Someone there's needs a lot to fill of open, these screens. Yeah, there's a lot of open. What screens. happened? Oh, they pulled it right yeah, for the moment. I don't understand that, but I guess I do. And it stars the film The Climb. Stars um, the director of the film, uh, Michael Angelo Covina, who produced uh, Hunter Gather, one of the shows we did here on the podcast some years ago. And um, you're again the. Uh, director of the film as well as co-writer and co-star kyle marvin who's we've been talking with is co-star and co-writer he's in it and um gal rankin um and uh film wax radio friend talia balsam george went cheers fame and um cheers man i think i think i'm just gonna refer to everybody as uh from cheers fame cheers and who judith judith godrish who's that from the overnight Oh, that she's from the opening. <laughs> my one of my favorite comedies. By the way, when I said that, when I said that, I was actually not we, criticizing those films. Of course, not. I was saying those are usually just the successful films totally. when it comes to comedies, and that a lot of comedies, let's say, are a little bit more nuanced. Yeah, you know, I didn't or take in a way it as you were insulting or you dramatic, all. or yeah, or no, uh, or actually don't get the kind of distribution they deserve because you know they need big stars. Totally. Uh, you know doing very broad things to get as many people into the theaters and it's just nice to see there are alternatives occasionally mm-hmm. that are getting into theaters so maybe it's not 2500 theaters but i imagine it's going to be in uh, in quite a number yes. uh, around the around the country yeah, uh, yeah it'll so. be around the country that's, uh, that's i mean the truth is and are you going to guys are going to are you going to guys go on a bit of a road tour or we, is that not a great idea one. right now okay yeah, right yeah. right yeah. We're, yeah we're in the middle of one okay yeah. well thank you for both for coming on I, I hope you guys will come back on with the the next, uh, the next project. We'd yeah, be this happy to. Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed, yeah, we enjoyed it. you guys very much. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Hey, we should do Catapult next. No, that's a black diamond. He's going to crash. Okay, well, it's snow. If he crashes, it's snow. I'd rather not crash. Kyle, no one wants to crash. He's got to go. Yeah, he's going to go tomorrow. I mean, like, he's got to go away. Like, not in our lives. But he's my friend. Sometimes when you think you're doing the wrong thing, it's actually what's needed. Let's go. I don't care. I don't care what happened. If you love someone, you should care what happened. 
I don't. Hey, nobody likes her. Nobody likes you, Mike. I am the only one who likes you. And I don't know why, because you're loud and obnoxious and you're an ass. Hey, can I just say? No. Huh? Mike. When you get knocked down, you got to get right back in there. I'm gonna kill you. I know, that's why I waited for the hell. Yeah, you got this. Mike, shut up. Take. The uh, New Orleans Film Festival runs from November 6th through the 25th of November. This is my conversation with the lead features programmer. In other words, she's the one doing the full-length films. I guess not the shorts. Her name is Greta Hagen-Richardson. I have not spoken with her before, but this conversation is on the YouTube channel if you want to experience it there. Again, it's youtube.com slash filmwaxradio. But uh, she's delightful. The film festival is uh, highly regarded every year. This is their 31st season again. begins today, this evening. So go to the New Orleans Film Society website, and you'll find all the tickets and details about that. Here it is. Here she is, Greta Hagen Richardson on Filmwax Radio. How are you? Good. How are you today? Good. Greta? Yes, Greta. Oh, yes. I see your name even on the... <laughs> Oh, good. Well, where where are you? I'm in Chicago right now, actually. Right. Uh, I, I I asked because I thought, well, you could be anywhere, even though we're discussing the New Orleans Film Festival. But is that yes? Fine? I I live in Chicago. Uh, I I did live in New Orleans for a while, but um, right now I'm in Chicago. And I'm sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm my I thought my AirPods would work, but okay, apparently they don't care work. whatever you got to do. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Do you have to huh, how weird. make an adjustment? Yes. I switched my audio up a while ago because it was being kind of messed everything up. No problem. Okay. Can you hear me all right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Yep. All right. There we go. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. I've been programming for New Orleans for a few years. Uh, like, four or five years at this point and I did live there for a while but in the Midwest so <laughs> right it's a straight shot right isn't it more or less it is, yeah have you done that trip I rode no certainly yes, not I, oh you have times. yeah yeah I, it oh, was uh, actually one of the reasons I started programming there because I love New Orleans so I was traveling there a lot who doesn't love New Orleans yeah it's true if I haven't met him and if you do meet somebody who says they don't don't trust them I'm with you on that. I, I completely yeah. agree. So uh, how long is that drive? Um, I would say for uh, the re- a regular person, it's probably like 14 hours, but I, okay. I so you, a bit you of a demon. 10 and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's do you stop? Fun. Do you typically stop? Uh, I mean, as far as like overnight or do you go straight down? I usually don't. I, I like to just get it over with. So That's a lot. Okay. Yeah, but it's I, again. I live in the mid. I'm from Chicago, so like anything more than like eight or ten hours away is just like slightly less inconvenient. You know, <laughs> you have to drive to get anywhere from Chicago. So oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure, I understand that. Um, and see, yeah, this podcast is actually about uh, road trips. It turns out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, well, two great cities. Um, do you, uh, there are, I think, I think there is a, at least one or two film festivals in your city, uh, Chicago as well, by the way. But, there are, yeah. but no, New Orleans is, a, is a terrific. And I'm finally able to attend this year, finally, which is Perfect. such a, so happy about, it, even though. Are they doing, uh, are they, they're going to be doing some uh, drive-ins? Um, they'll be open air cinemas. The open driving air. situation like was long... kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. They... Like... Go ahead. You Sorry, describe. Yeah. <laughs> they limited um, the the drive-ins in or the the capacity, I believe, in in the city. So they're just doing open air cinemas instead. I I believe there are three around the city. So like park pop up type type of in parking lot type of uh, or lawns or whatever. Yeah, I think it'll be a little bit uh, more sophisticated than pop up, for example. But but yes, like um, for example, the Broad Theater um, is is one of the um, really nice art house theaters in Mid City, okay. um, and so they're doing a very large screen, and so it should be fun for people to attend. I'm sure. Yeah, no, be no. I mean, and, uh, you know, right. we have in New York uh, rooftop films, and they do something aligned. Right. I mean, they 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 have these. Um, they set them up in in various mm-hmm. different locations. I mean, you know, so when I say pop up, it's in no way to kind of say yeah. that it's like, oh, we're, we're just aiming projector at the uh, the white wall she... behind the parking lot. It's yeah, it's, a lot more goes into it, of course. Yeah, so when you go, you're going to have a great experience. It'll be dark. You'll have great audio. Yeah, right. It so, should be fun. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, uh, wh- how did the, how did this year go? What uh, did it go? Uh, what were you guys dealing with, uh, since last spring in terms of the, you know, whether you're going to be able to build, pull this off, how much did you contact? Did you, you, you have the benefit of being in November, right. Of having seven, eight months of other festivals mm-hmm. for you guys. That must've been a big help, right? Certainly. Yeah, I think it was. Um, when we first got started on our slate for this year, um, we, we programmed primarily from submissions and our submissions opened, uh, you know, just right after the, or excuse me, right before um, the pandemic kind of hit. And um, so we already had a lot of films coming in. Um, I would say most programmers had already kind of signed their contracts. Everything was pretty much set in terms of like staffing and that kind of thing. Um, and so there was definitely a conversation early on that we had that it was like, you know, what are we thinking? Do you, you know, it's, it's eight months out or seven months out. Um, do we think that uh, things will be better by then? Um, and I think we were all optimistic, you know, I mean, it, it feels naive at this, at, you know, now. <laughs> Here we well, are you know, it's 3rd. interesting because uh, at this one time you thought it was so far off that maybe by then, you know, this or that, but at the same time, seven, eight months ago, we were also a lot more terrified, you know, um, you know, we didn't know how bad this was going to get. The information we were getting uh, was, you know, a lot more, uh, um, not, I won't say it was in any way exaggerated, but it was definitely, you know, because there were so many unknowns that, that they pushed the harder to stay home, to you know not touch anything right stay far away from everything uh so there was a definite strong response to it which probably saved a lot of lives i would i agree with that i think so and 
Um, I mean, it, it was right, you know, South by was, mm -hmm. I don't think it had even been canceled yet when we were first talking about, you know, prospects for this year and, um, and true false had just happened, I believe, um, you know, they got in like just under the wire. <laughs> right, right. Um, those are usually right, right, right back to back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we, we we're traditionally in October too, as a festival, um, and uh, we're a bit more truncated than this year. This year's um, a little bit longer um, and there's slightly varying times depending on whether you're in person or you're in the virtual cinema. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, all of those things were kind of, um, you know, we hadn't decided and um, I'm, I'm the lead features programmer. Um, so I don't have as much um, impact on like the operations and everything, but mm -hmm. I do remember speaking with our, you know, artistic director and, um, right. and then I, I think like, um, Tribeca was kind of scary having that not happen in any real meaningful way. Um, but then yeah, I know sort of common, like a um, cooperative thing with a couple of the other world festivals, right? Yeah. And I, I mean, we got, you know, we got jury winners and such, didn't we? I mean, films were programmed technically, but it, right. yeah. Um, but I know for me, like TIFF was kind of the first signal that, you know, this virtual thing could be successful because I had my industry pass and I thought, you know, this could be really weird. <laughs> I'm at my home. Like, of course you're missing out on all of the networking and just seeing friends and being in person in line and talking to people. Um, but, you know, the ease of use for Inventive, at least on my end, um, was I think a big relief uh, for a lot of filmmaker or a lot of programmers, a lot of filmmakers. Um, and it actually led to some, I mean, I won't say it led to a lot of good, but I will say we often like to have our filmmakers in person um, doing Q and A's and panels and such. And of course everyone can't go, not, you know, shorts filmmakers, for example, can't be there. And this year, I think um, we had just a lot more kind of filmmaker interaction because everybody can basically get on a Zoom. <laughs> you know, people can be on panels. You can really talk to people in a, an intimate way that you don't always get the chance to in person. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, talk about the films, the, the programming, because um, I wonder, I know like lots of filmmakers, or initially anyway, wanted to hold off, maybe wait, have a wait and see, sort of like the festivals in that way. You know, should I wait for this to play out, see how this plays out before... I, you know, I don't, I don't want a virtual screening for the film. You had that set of mind. And then certainly I'm sure a lot of filmmakers have changed their minds because, you know, you're going to sit on your film for, you know, an indefinite period at this point. Um, and, or where the, where, where was the playing field was the uh, number of films available for festival submissions, et cetera, as robust as typical. Um, it wasn't the same as usual. That's for sure. Um, we had quite a lot of short submissions. Uh, we still had over 4,000 submissions. I want to say it was just north of 4,600 submissions. Um, as, as opposed to? Um, we, I want to say we're usually in the like uh, high 4,000s, low 5,000s range. Um, it's been growing a lot in the last features couple of years. Features and shorts? Or? Yes, it's features and shorts. Um, I would say that this year I noticed uh, we definitely had a lot less feature submissions than usual. Um, so I think a lot of that was um, yeah. the numbers were yeah bolstered by the short submissions. Um, that doesn't mean you won't have you won't program as many films, but we I we did we aren't programming quite as many as usual. Um, I believe we're at 160 
five this year, um, which is about 50 to 60 less than usual. But it's been a combination of shorts and features that you're saying. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And and every year we have we have a quite a mix of things because we have feature shorts, we have music videos, episodic content, um, a section called Cinema Reset that's VR. Um, and so I would say everything there's a little bit less than usual, um, but still our pretty core mix of um, of content available. I wonder, you know, not to go down this rabbit hole because I don't think it's probably constructive too, but as you're mentioned, we're talking about, I was wondering, I wonder if next year might be actually the, the, the much harder one to program for you guys, because, you know, so much less production this year. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I, I, and again, a lot of people that were holding off, putting their submitting films, maybe they'll submit them too. So. Yeah. I think it'll be a mix because I, I think you're right that a lot of people will have held off and now they're seeing like, you know, yeah. we're probably going to be in this situation for at least another year, if not longer. Right. So. And um, I think though a lot of our films come from super indie filmmakers anyway, and a lot of them are getting out there and figuring out how to make it work regardless of mm -hmm. the pandemic. You know, I, a lot of our filmmakers are, um, that we featured this year are already working on, you know, their next thing um, in the script level and the pre-production level. Um, you know, some are in production. Um, I, I mean, I'm on production in two shorts right now. And so like, I think a lot of people are, you know, just figuring out how to make it work. Um, I think a lot of people are filming in other countries, um, which, you know, for better or for worse, uh, I think, mm -hmm. so, you know, of course, some countries have done a much better job of keeping things under control. Any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, yeah. what are your, uh, as a sidebar, are you producer? Yes, yeah, I'm an EP on two shorts and um, one shot in South Africa a couple weeks ago and the other shooting in LA in a few weeks, so. You know, we're just plugging along, making it work. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Um, yeah. The show must go on. Exactly. Uh, well, it sounds like it. So the festival runs from the 6th, right? Uh, it's coming up in a couple of days through us. Uh, so I'll post this uh, tomorrow. So that way we get the word out, um, get right on it. I was holding off today for obvious reasons. but Yeah, that's reasonable. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, um, but um, uh, so it's from the 6th through? So it's through the 22nd. Um, the open air cinemas will be there until the 15th. Um, and that is where um, our, in particular, um, there are a couple films that are geoblocked. Um, so there'll be some available that there only. Um, but then the vast majority of the films will be available in the virtual cinema on Eventive um, through the 22nd. Right. Um, Okay. And, um, right. So, so, and, and there's a capacity issue, uh, uh, I assume of tickets for, so if you're local and you're in the New Orleans area, you'll want to kind of make Get sure. You, yeah. If you're really anxious to see one of those outdoor things, you, if you haven't done so already, you, you might, uh, act quickly about that. Um, and <laughs> cause it's a couple of, it's only a matter of hours. Um, was the uh, was the since we kind of just made a, a sort of a reference to the uh, election? Was that did that have an impact on your scheduling the festival this year? Since it's just a matter of a couple of days afterwards. Um, you know, I won't speak too much to the logistical part of it um, because I I think there were logistical considerations um, yeah. for operations 
Um, but we definitely talked about it in our meetings, kind of like looking at all the films we had, because we narrowed it down to probably in the future section, maybe 20 to 30 films that we're entering our last conversation with and then really, you know, getting it um, cut from there. We were thinking like, you know, what are the films that are going to play well regardless after the election? What are the films that are going to have extra resonance if things, you know, go, I'll say not go our way, I would say for the most part in, in at our festival, we're pretty, um, progressive uh, organization. So um, yeah. we definitely had some conversations where we were like, what are the things that we want to highlight that people are going to see and say, you know, if if Trump is president again, here are people who are doing the work, putting in the time, um, you know, and, and making change in their communities. Um, and then, you know, there are some films too that are more aimed at um, kind of levity and uh, comedy, joy, um, so that, you know, regardless, people have something that they can sit and say, like, this has nothing to do with the election, this has nothing to do with, you know, COVID, it's just something I can sit with my family and watch and enjoy. Levity, I, re I vaguely remember that. <laughs> I know, it's tough, it's tough, and it yeah. is every year, you know, festivals tend to skew a little bit dour, I would say, <laughs> content-wise, so uh, we definitely... Made yeah. a, made we need this. to get we some need... comedy. Absolutely. Uh, we uh, oh, the, so the festival is sort of the, I guess you could say I don't know if it's the flag uh, flagship is the right word for it, but that's it's a the central part of the the New Orleans Film uh, Society, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and and um, uh, this is um, uh, I'm wondering because of all the programs and maybe the money, the grants. I don't know if you guys do that, but it, you you. Uh, um, obviously are uh, uh, an infrastructure for filmmakers in the air, in the New Orleans and the outlying area of, of mm -hmm. Louisiana. So ha I have to imagine there's a significant number of filmmakers or film industry people that are at the festival. Yes, yes. Every year there's for sure a lot of industry people from the area. Um, we have a, a real commitment to building the film community in New Orleans, in Louisiana, and in general in the American South. Um, a lot of our programs are um, skewed towards that, uh, those audiences, those groups. Um, so yes, every year we have quite a few industry people come in um, and, uh, you know, this year things were a little bit different, but generally we do have a labs program. Um, we have a producing program. Um, there's lots of grants. Uh, we're very filmmaker oriented. Uh, we really try to right. help people think outside of just New York and LA and look to their, their local communities and say, you know, who can right. I cast? Who can I well, do below the line? Yeah. Well, it really worked in Austin or it has been working. Um, so, and New Orleans could really use it. I imagine it would be hard to uh, and I'm sure it was for a number of years. Uh, how many, how many, how many years is the festival going in New Orleans now? This is 31st year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's an institution, but um, it, um, you know, had to be difficult where there isn't as an entrenched a film uh, culture to get the people out to those screenings. But if you're fermenting and you're building a whole culture around it, you know, uh, uh, then it gets, us, I guess it does become a little bit easier. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a network, there's a circuit of Southern festivals. And I, I know right. Dan was recently on your podcast from Kukaloris and, you know, I don't remember that. 
<laughs> well, he, yeah. he, you know, they're they're one of many indie Memphis sidewalk. There's um, Oxford. Yeah. There's quite a few in the in the south um, that right. are, I think, labeled often as regional. But I think actually it's um, a, doing a lot of work of not only enabling um, people from the area to say like, I can be a filmmaker too. I don't have to live in LA to do that. But then also mm-hmm. cultivating like a real audience of people um, that are seeing themselves reflected, um, not only because of the kinds of people we have as filmmakers um, that we support, but also because, you know, they're from the South and they 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 have that state of mind. They have that perspective um, that isn't really re- represented in a lot of um, film around the country, you know, it's it's really bicoastal in a lot of ways. So, and film festivals have in the last you know 15, 10, 15 years really now be are is a lot more familiar to a lot more people. They, as you kind of were touching on from the filmmaker standpoint, let's say you know, oh, I got to move to New York to be a filmmaker or to Los Angeles. You you, you don't necessarily have to actually um, uh, uh, because now you know also the change of equipment and and that, uh, but also. From a, an audience member's standpoint, the festival a festival is there are so many now, they become so ubiquitous that that yeah. it, it's not such a foreign thing, and it's like the the community sometimes gets so much so into it. It's 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 one of the perks of going to these what we were, you were saying might have once been called regional. Well, let's get away from that language, <laughs> but let's say your local film festival. It's it's. Um, it's such a fun thing to interact and to meet and they're, and, and they're excited to meet, you know, folks that are coming in for the festival. They're so proud. It's a great experience. That's been, yeah, my... it's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, that's why we go better... every year because of those reasons. We, that's why we love going to festivals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, the, the best part and the thing I've been missing the most, something I've complained about a lot is really um, in the past and now I'm missing is like standing in those lines, really just like meeting people from, you know, it could be from anywhere and saying like, are you a filmmaker? Oh no, you're a dentist. Oh, you're, you know, uh, whatever you're a plumber. I'm a dentist. So I, (laughs) so I paid for the film you're about to see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, (laughs) but, you know, just meeting people from all walks of life and, and it's, it's really fun to be in kind of the industry stuff, but there's something really gratifying about seeing people in their community really supporting something, um, you know, helping arts flourish. And, you know, we could probably talk endlessly about funding cuts and and all the ways that, you know, on a state level and a federal level, arts are kind of devalued. Um, So when you get to be a part of something like this, that is so community focused and it's just for the benefit of the people in the area. Um, It's really heartwarming. It's really gratifying. um, And I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of something like that. Again, it's uh, the festival. The New Orleans Film Festival runs from uh, November sixth through the tw- through the twenty twenty second. Twenty second. It's a long festival. <laughs> That's good. It gives people a chance to see a lot of great films, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you can go to uh, the what's the website? Just uh, New um, Orleans. Yes, it is. Let me pull. It, make sure um, I have it correctly. <laughs> it's New yeah, Orleans Film Society well, well, org. Say it again. Uh, New Orleans Film Society.org. Okay, yeah. And we'll put it at the end on a title card at the end of the so people know where to go and we'll 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 be getting the word out about the New Orleans Film Festival. I'm gonna be going, I'm gonna try to see a bunch of stuff. It's I'm excited about it. Please do. Let me know if you need recommendations. <laughs> okay, afterwards we'll talk about that after we uh you know, 
stop recording. So <laughs> it's always touchy because I often will, I used to bring that up more like, can, you know, and still sometimes it comes up. I did that with Memphis and, you know, like I was talking to you get into the weeds a little bit. I, we could have talked, I guess, about some of the New Orleans titles, but you could, you can't get to everything. And then, you know, yeah. I, all of a sudden you realize it's go go to the website that you just mentioned and you can start to read up on the films and watch trailers and and it's 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 actually kind of the fun part is is doing a lot of that you know due diligence i find so yeah, yeah going in blind i think is honestly the best way personally yeah it's more fun it's it replicates the programmer experience because we often have no idea right. what we're about to watch so yeah indeed uh well it's been delightful meeting you, Greta. You as well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Let's do it again next year. And maybe... Maybe in person? Maybe. I don't want to jinx anything, but yeah, that would be awfully so. nice. You know, maybe they'll they'll have some uh, some sort of solutions in place by then. Yeah, you can come enjoy the nice fall 80 degree New Orleans weather. <laughs> I would be grateful for it. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Trust me. Okay, well, I, do we do we touch on everything important, or did I leave anything out? Or yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm such a nervous person. I had like so many notes just in case oh, I forgot yeah. anything. And, no, I but, um, better safe than sorry. You don't want to leave anything yeah. really. Well, do do you get to the essential stuff, or I think so. Yeah, that was it was great. I mean, clearly you're experienced and know what to bring up and do my best. Yeah, it's been a work in progress, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, then we'll we'll catch up soon. Great. Thank you. I, and I really love the podcast. I'm so happy you reached out to Clint because now I have another great film pod to throw on my my, oh. my listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, um, great episodes. You know, I've been doing this for for quite a while, and uh, um, yeah, there's a lot lot there. <laughs> so just yeah. beware. Warning. I love it. Oh, good. I hope it meets your expectations. It's been great so far. I've been I've listened to about a dozen episodes. Oh my goodness! Thank you. Okay, great. Really great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, let's stay in touch. Yes. Stay safe tonight. You too. Thank you everybody for listening to episode uh, 642 we'll be back of course in a few days with a brand new episode of the podcast please do give us a rating and review on whatever app you're listening to this episode on and uh, support us we need the help too so you can again subscribe to us on youtube at youtube.com slash radio follow us on all social media platforms we're around doing our bit take care of yourselves and the ones you love Till next time Broken springs, broken idols, broken heads.